0: I am now getting my book published that I had written 10 years ago, but never published it all at the same time. So now I came to the point where I said, in order for me to do what I know is my purpose and my passion, I need to jump off this route. With no parachute, it's like jumping off the Empire State Building. That's what they say entrepreneurs are and making a jet plane on the way down. Except what happened to me is I realized I could fly.
1: Welcome to Making the Change, Optimize Your Health and Mind, where we explore the latest research and expert insights on how to take charge of your health and happiness. I'm Dr. Dave, I'm a board certified physician and an integrative medicine expert. So join me as we learn how to thrive physically, mentally and emotionally in the next phase of our lives. So let's go dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Dave. This is Making the Change, Optimize Your Health and Mind. And I have an unbelievable co-star today, a good friend of mine, brother from another mother. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell me a little about yourself. This is an attorney that has turned into an unbelievable motivational speaker. He is an author of Real Motivation, 100 Days of Real Motivation. And I actually met him on stage It has just been uh, life-changing since we've met. We're doing a lot of things together, but he has such an amazing story that I feel that everybody needs to know. And obviously the podcast is about making the change. So we're gonna talk about some things that happened in your life that brought you to the point that you're at, uh, and then things that people can take action on to make a difference in their lives, and then some information about how they can get in touch. Okay.
0: Absolutely. I mean, first of all, thank you for having me on. I've been, you know, wanting to be on your world renowned show for some time now. It was just, it's really been a pleasure working with you in this short period of time. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) The things that have happened in this short period of time can't make this stuff up. Definitely not. So, you know, we can call it divine providence. We can call it making the change within our own individual selves, which has allowed us to align with other people and just move in the right direction. God just opening up doors that we didn't even know existed. And to be here, to me, it's, it's surreal. You know what I mean? But it's also very realistic because I really believe in what God would have me to do in my life, which is part of the story. Where do you want me to start, though? was <laughs> so the prequel to the
1: sequel. You know? Let's start at the beginning. So, so let's, let's start at Tell me a little bit about how you grew up and what that was like and how that kind of shaped you to get to your next step. So let's talk about child.
0: Well, I was born in Queens, New York. All right, all right.
1: From Staten Island. (laughs) Uh,
0: NYC. Um, And what I remember about my childhood, I'm a first generation American. My parents were from Haiti. We lived in a really modest, middle-class neighborhood, Laurelton, Queens. We had a yard, pear tree, cherry tree. I remember the apple tree. We had a wonderful neighborhood. It was just neighborhood, home, church, school. I mean, that's as far as I can remember that some people grew up in some really, you know, desperate situations. I didn't have that kind of child. And I think that's what shaped me to this day in terms of my confidence and church, wonderful community that we lived in. Wasn't rich, but we didn't know it. We played Skelly, we played handball. And stickball, the manhole cover, <laughs> and was first base. All right. You know, that was a home plate. And I can remember as a child in Queens, we were the speed bumps. Like, not that they were running over us, but you couldn't come through our neighborhood and speed drew it. Right. No, because we were playing. That was our playground. The street was our playground. And I can remember four or five years old, cars would slow down, and we'd be like, okay, we were controlling it. So something about building confidence at a very early age and uh, just knowing who you were, I think it's very important to shaping you as an adult. I went to PS 132, which is Ralph Bunch Elementary School. You know, we learned that he was the first Black ambassador to the United States Mm -hmm. nations, the UN nations, the UN. And so having that type of influence at a very young age, I think, was part and parcel of who I am today six, seven years old, my parents moved to Florida. The move to Florida was because my dad wanted to give back. So my dad wanted to go back to Haiti and work at a religious institute. And he had his MBA from Baruch College. So eventually we, as a child, I actually lived in Haiti at the seminary there. And my dad was the CFO and my mom was a nurse, worked at the hospital. So it was a different world. I mean, you, you're talking living in the Caribbean in the early '80s, and I mean, it was just amazing. Mango season comes; that's what we eat—mangos. And I mean, it's just—it was just a different experience. Falling in love with soccer, which is still my one of my favorite sports. Soccer, basketball is number two. But then we moved back to Miami, and moving back to Miami in the '80s. It was it was very interesting. It was a very interesting
1: time, you know, with music, hip-hop. And so it's some of, some of my favorite music to today. I like it better than what's going on now. Absolutely. It had a lot more meaning.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Stop the violence. You're headed for self-destruction. I mean, you know, so I was a rapper. And I used to, at 15, you know, in high school, and junior high, we used to have rap battles, you know? Now I'm getting this super confidence because I was a reader. I've always been a reader. And I always say readers make leaders,
1: you know, but then being in a position. Wait a minute, let's talk a little bit about this. Battle Battle rapping here. here. So today battle rapping's definitely changed. Right. So when you're you're giving me a little bit, can you do a little freestyle? There was once a
0: day when blacks were treated as cannibals. Lower than that, we were treated as animals, cutting up cane. Picking up cotton. I know some of you have probably forgotten. Listen up to what I'm saying. You better not forget it. January 15th is the day to give him credit to a man who worked hard fighting for a belief. He worked hard for a job. That's why I call him the chief. He wasn't like a president ruling all 50 states, but he formed a group, formed together by faith, formed together by faith, the singing, the hum, the legendary known words, we shall overcome with the heads out of pot and their fists out of pot. The legendary known words we shall never forget, because he was the man that put it on the set. The facts you lack, form a rap, or take it around the track and back across the map. (laughs) So I became a wordsmith. I mean, I had, I, I used to have the winding dictionary. So it was just, it was really scholastic, but I used to spend a lot of time in the library anyway. I just loved books. I loved to read. It took me to another dimension. So eventually, I started producing shows because one of the things that was lacking, I felt that was lacking, was Black history. You know what I mean? And so... And it, this is in what community? Is this is in Miami, Cutler Ridge, which okay. is now called Cutler Bay. Okay. After the uh, Andrews, they wanted to, you know, spruce it up a little bit. And uh, they changed the name to Cutler Bay. That's what the name it is today. So that's what, uh, at the bottom of the map, proverbially, that's what we call it. Okay. It, bottom of the map, because this is the next thing. To Homestead, Florida City, Key West, Key Largo, okay. et cetera. So I produced the Black History Show. What okay. kind on where? It was at the South Dave Regional Library. Started there. And was in talent shows when a lot of talent shows started a group called The Foundation. We had rappers, we had R and B singers, we had gospel singers, we had piano players, we had dancers, poetry, you name it. And we put on a spectacle at the South Dave Regional Library in there. You know, it was published and everything. And then I had an idea. We're talking about 16 years old. 16. I had the idea that, because I saw people performing in the library, I mean, in the, the mall. Cut Ridge Mall is right across the street from South Dade Regional Library. And I said, you know what? Let me get with the manager. So I called the mall. I made an appointment. And I come with my dad's briefcase and suit on at 16. And she's looking at me like, how old are you? I said, I'm 16. She said, "Well." How can I help you? Well, I showed the publication of the South Bay Regional Library and I said, I would like for us to do a show. I see people perform here all the time. You know, we're having a show. If you want to come by and see it, all right. I said, Here's a tape recording. Back then it was cassette tapes, you know. You got oh, a little older to remember those times when someone was on cassette, you know. Not H track, cassette. Okay. My parents had the H Look, I, I not, was, huh? Right, right. So she said, okay, well. We can't pay you. If I knew then what I know now, they would have paid me, okay? But she didn't pay me, and we just wanted the opportunity. I said, well, this is what we need. We need a podium, we need a microphone, we need a speaker. No problem got all that. And I want you to go to Brom, the piano place, and I usually see that we need that piano. We need a grand, baby grand piano, preferably white. We'd like it to be white, you know, because that stands out. So... In my mind, at sixteen, what I know now about that is I was a child prodigy. Never really realizing, I was just doing what I loved to do. And we put on this show in Cutler Ridge Mall, and it was impactful. Meanwhile, I also became president of the South Southgate NAACP Youth Council.
1: And so, we're as a youth, sixteen years old—that's that's, that's 7, seven years amazing years in, in, in itself. To yes, be able to lead a youth council as a youth.
0: yes, and there was like we built it up from zero. To 120 men. Wow, that to me. So what we did was, and we're talking pre-Facebook, right? Pre-Instagram, right? pre internet, Pre-cell My phones. phones. <laughs> <laughs> pre-cell <laughs> phones, sir. When we used to go to the mall to try to get people's numbers, it was like, okay, what's your number? You got a pen? A it down on a piece of paper. And people oh, okay.
1: that things don't know about, we used to have rotary phones. Oh, phone, the phone, the phone. <laughs> we used to have phones and everything. phones. We all said, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So so
0: it was a it was a different time. We pu- we actually played outside. Right. You know? We spent a lot of time outside. You Mom know? used to have to call you in for dinner. Right. come in before the lights go on, type of stuff. But we actually had a lot more social interaction with each other. Kids nowadays don't do that. You know, it's just a different time. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm my son's eleven and yeah. He's constantly on the computer uh, or, you know, playing sports on PlayStation or his switch and that's his communication with his friend. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I mean, through COVID that was beneficial, right? But now I'm like, get on a right. stupid PlayStation right. and let's go to the park. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a, it's I don't know how that's going to segue into, but I, I believe it's going, it has a negative impact because we're we're now we're no longer really as social. The kids now that are no longer really as social, you know, we used to play tag, freeze tag, right. Hide and go see. You know, baseball, football, run around. You know, we used to be a lot more sociable outside and things have changed, but it was a really good time. And the way in which I was telling or trying to share with you is we actually went to each high school and what we would do is we would find out who's the president of the Black Student Association or Black Student Union or whatever, or if there was any members of the student government we'd say, we make you an ex-officio member of our organization. You know all the top black people in this school. Right. So we went to eight to nine high schools. So now we had the purview. And so now people are coming from each of these high schools to our meetings that we'd have once a month. And and we built it up from zero to 120 now. Wow. And meanwhile, we're having parties now. So I'm doing all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were having parties. And we were clean parties because we weren't into drinking. Right. We weren't into smoking. Kids, right. With we kids. But a lot of kids were smoking and drinking. Right. You know what I mean? Some of my boys was selling crack. Okay. (laughs) So let's be real about the eighties and what was going on. Right. You know what I mean? And that was alluring even for me because they had money. So, you know, thank God that, you know, I had my parents and my dad was influential, you know, but I was hanging in the hood. We we didn't live in the hood, but we lived next to the hood. So, or my aunt was in the hood and it was just fun. So I knew a lot of people from the hood who I know to this day. I just didn't do some of the things that some of them did. And some of them didn't do the stuff that's in the hood. Some of my, you know, good friends escaped that old hood life and are successful entrepreneurs and business people because they didn't, they made the decision early in life
1: to, and I always say it, be careful who your friends are. You know, well, you are who your friends are. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You got to surround yourself by good people. That's correct.
0: You know, if you hang around five millionaires and you're the the six, you're eventually going to be, you know, your bank account's going to change. You're a millionaire, I say to people. Well, I'm a millionaire, but my bank account doesn't know it yet. (laughs) If we could only move the money from our minds into our bank account, that's what I want to know, you know. But but we're on our way for that. Oh, we're definitely. That's That's how we're changing. That's how we're changing. That's how we're changing. And that's why we're sitting here on this podcast right now. Right. All right. It's it's about a mindset, right? It's about changing us individually. And it wasn't until we changed individually that we can now come together collectively. Transformers, right? Back. Right. So that's a a, a
1: youthful part. Then I went to, you know, college. So now you're, you're 16, still in high school. Yeah. Obviously, you did well in school. Did you, did you go to law school right after high school?
0: So after high school, I went to college. Okay. So I went to Oakwood University, which was Oakwood College at the time. And it's at HBCU in Huntsville, Alabama. Awesome. Alabama. Woo! Yeah. But nets over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an adjustment from when an adjustment in Florida. It was an adjustment. But this school has a history of being there. And there's another HBCU, Alabama A&M, Then there's the University of Alabama. So it was kind of like a college town. But our university, our college was big. It was, it's world renowned as the only HBCU of its kind, a uh, Seventh day Adventist institution in the colonial United States of America. So you had people from all over the world, Africa, Bermuda, Right. Jamaica, Barbados, you, you name it. St. Croix, St. Wow. Thomas, you know, that went there. That's so it. you had a diverse mean, population. You, you had a very diverse population, Canada, New York, Florida, California. So it wasn't a big school, but you had so much diversity of black people, African descent. Right. You know what I mean? They are very well known for creating speakers, preachers, and some of the world's greatest singers. Brian McKnight. Uh, take six, members: it's Joey, Joey Kibble, Mark Kibble, you know, Stephen Mackey, you know, so many great singers came from there. Choir directors and choirs, it's it's very well known for those areas. Did you know that you wanted to go to law when you were there? I knew I wanted to be a lawyer even before that, somewhere around high school. I knew I wanted to be an attorney. Why? I wanted to be a, make a change. I've always felt this desire or this calling, this calling to make a change, which is why I was always involved. I was, I've been involved in the community, church. You know what I mean? So how did you feel that being a lawyer was going to help you? Well, I knew that the greats have always been, many of the greats have always been lawyers. You know what I mean? You know, the likes of Thurgood Marshall, you know, I would look at these guys, you know, and be like, you know, these are change makers, and they they knew how to help people by the law. I mean, that's anything, anything that the chairs that we're sitting on, right? What regulates it? Law. Wow. So some lawyers behind the design of this chair, this building, the architecture. You know, laws are behind everything that we do. You know what I mean? The broadcasts, your trademark. You know, infringement, criminal, civil, life, and death. So I realized where the power was at. You know what I mean? Money may be a different thing, but that's right next to the power. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do, make a change in people's lives. So getting to Oakwood, you know, I was, I was a pretty good speaker because I, I, I used to marvel at Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and, you know, those speakers. And I, Read everything all their speeches or I listened to every auditory I used to that was my class outside of class right was books the library you know so I was a cool nerd, you know what I mean the rapping cool nerd that read books and all that time and that was a leader and i I really lived that calling so when I got to college, it was like a different atmosphere because it was more religious I really Didn't know how to handle it, but I embraced it because I wanted to be better than I was. And so now it was a a godsend for me to be in this kind of like bubble in the country with all these people. And we started a, a new organization. You know, I was always about starting stuff. And it was called Bell Tower Ministry. Let me tell you how that started. It started by us actually as guys getting together at six in the morning and praying. So we'd be in the storm. Let's go pray again. I thought it was 60 guys, dwindled down
1: to about three. I ah, know ah, ah, ah. that feeling. I had a men's group I started out of 15, ended up at two. It was <laughs> the only one on the oh, I get that.
0: But those three became the nucleus by which it blew up. Right. Because what tends to happen is God multiplies by subtraction and or division, right? And, you know, Where are we trying to add this and add that? He's like, nah, we don't need that. That's just extra. And that's what I've learned time and time again. Oh, no, I want this. Oh, I want to do this. He's like, you know what? I want you to be happy. And you don't understand that there's more in store for you if you just be patient. Hey, I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to let you learn the hard. You know what I mean? And it's good. Experience
1: I, is a hard teacher. You take the test first and I, learn the lesson after. I think that is real and important. I don't know any successful people that haven't. That's right. I think that that challenge, that perseverance that it takes to get through your, your trials, the, the understanding that this is it. This is over. Just giving that up and stop taking the weight on yourself and giving that up to your higher power that higher power to take care of I mean, you know. I mean, and that's not easy. It's not easy to well, give that up, that well, control.
0: Well, the, the thing is, God is not giving a spirit of fear. You know what I mean? And Fear is human. It is human. But there are 365 times that God says in his word, 66 books, special revelation, have no fear. So that's every day, 365 days, There's enough scripture that every day you should be living your life without fear. See, fear is of the devil. So because of our frail humanity, we allow fear to succumb and to paralyze us. When you get to a point where you're in alignment with yourself and you're in alignment with the higher power, then you begin to live out your true destiny. That's where the rubber meets the road. And that's when stuff starts happening. I'll get to that because that was happening with me when I was a kid because anything I thought about, anything I touched turned to gold, bro. I just didn't realize it because I wasn't ready for the full manifestation of understanding my true power vis-a-vis my connection with God. So here we are in college, started this organization. It was called Bell Tower Ministry. Why? Because in the center of campus, there was a bell and we didn't really like the worship services, so we started our own service. And it was like 9 o'clock, right before curfew at 10, 10, 10, 10 o'clock. And we saw our own little service. And we were preaching first to each other. Me, Eric Thomas, Melvin Hayes. Okay? Melvin Hayes is a third-generation pastor. In fact, now his son is a pastor. It's four generation of pastors. Eric Thomas, you know, the notorious hip-hop preacher, mm-hmm. uh, who actually wrote the—he actually wrote—thank you, E.T. E. He wrote E.T., the hip-hop preacher. He wrote the forward to my Absolutely. book. Many of know Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas. He actually, and this is a good story. Eric Thomas is a high school dropout. He took his GED, passed it, and met me in college. If you read his book, and he just wrote his fourth book. I just wrote my first. I just published my first. He wrote his fourth. He's now a multimillionaire.
1: Number one speaker in America right and, and, and I think this is an important point to bring. Very up, right? important. Because... We always think that college is the answer. We think that you need to follow the way the system shows us to get to the other side. Good point. And it's not really that way. Some people don't even belong in college. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's why one of my speeches that
0: I did for the baccalaureate address called Get Paid, it's on YouTube, Irv Motivates on YouTube. Get Paid was one of my seminal speeches because I was telling these high school graduates, the truth, that some of you don't need to go to college. Some of you need to take up a trade. There's some plumbers that are making more money than lawyers and doctors, okay? So be realistic. And that's where we get to the where the rubber meets the road. You have to pursue your passion. So all of these experiences are bringing me to this day. That was like 20, 30 years ago. But what happened is, I'm still on the pathway. Do I want to be a minister, a preacher? Because we were preaching. Right. Changing lives, brother. Baptizing people. Doing evangelistic crusades. So Eric learned, and he says it better than I could say it, and he says it to this day. Bell Tower is what set me off, gave me the confidence. Urban Daphnis was, and he put that in and forward to my book. One of the days of real motivation is available at com. And if you're Bermuda, Bermuda, as it exclusively available at Brown & Co. and the Bumedian Bookstore. I got to drop that. And save the commercial for later. Well, no, I did no. want to make it relevant because, no. you know, that's a part and parcel of
1: the, the manifestation of that relationship. Right. Whereas, and and, I, and it's so huge to understand that. So you met this guy in college. Right. And not only is he still in your life, right? but he could not wait right. to be in your book to show right. people how much you've meant that. Right. And he's viral. Exactly. Now, the
0: pathway that I took was to become a lawyer. I went to become Mr. Attorney. He took what I taught him. And now the student has become the teacher. Right now, he's blowing up stages. Les Brown, you know, Tony Robbins. Those are the likes of who he's speaking with and sharing the stage with. Right, He's a multimillionaire now. So for me, I'm thankful to God that he put us together 20, 30 years ago. So that's why I'm kind of like, you know, when I'm, I'm seeing the bigger picture, what I need for us to like, I want us to do the steps, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. I can call you up anytime, but I don't do it like that. Because I know I want to bring something to the table to my brother who's been in the service and doing this for decades now. Right. So I'm not the kind of person that's going to come to the table empty handed. In fact, I bring my own table. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't the kitchen table. No. But I can cook and I love the barbecue too. That's a different story. But so fast forward, E.T. blew up. But some of the things we were doing in that community, bro, we started a. We started a a GED program in the hood. The biggest drug dealer at the time was in our class, okay? We were going to city council meetings, you know. The impact we made was phenomenal. But no, we just didn't stay there. Because then what I did was I realized that there was something on campus called the Literature Evangelism Training Center, basically selling Christian books door to door. Now, what they would do is they allow you to take a van and go sell their books. That's great because I'm not going to just sell books. I'm going to go and do an evangelistic crusade. We're selling books during the day, but we're actually preaching at night. So we did that and we came to Florida. I brought E and a group of our, was probably eight to 12 of us. You know what I mean? 16 passenger van. We're funding the van and the gas and the maintenance of that van through gross seeds of whatever people are making. Right? They're paying us with love offerings every night at the Grads Crusade. Then, because I was connected, and this is important, your network creates your network. Because I was going to a different church in a different conference, it enabled me to us to have a connection with a school where we were doing their the chaplaincy or their, we were doing their worship, like every week. So we were able to stay at the school work during the day, and at night, preach at a church for a whole month. Wow. When we're talking about changing lives, now we're, I'm 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So I already, it's almost as if I've lived this different reality already. But to fast forward, because I think it gets a little bit more interesting. I decided that I was called for a particular time to do the ministry, you know, but I felt like I'd have a greater impact as an
1: attorney. So so let's, let's go into to to p- that. But I, I want to know. So you say yeah. a greater impact. Sure. Bringing in God into people's life is, is impactful. Sure. Helping people understand that some sort of education is standing. You have to be at a certain level, right? That's what the DED is basically teaching. So you don't have to be co- you know, collegiate, but you need to have a basic knowledge of. So how, how is such a tremendous gift and helping others and lifting them up? How can you do more as an attorney?
0: I think that, number one, first of all, it, it was self-fulfilling in terms of that's what I've always wanted to do. Okay. Number one. You know, and number two, I knew the bigger picture because I knew how the balance of politics, religion, and law Justice, equity, diversity, inclusion—I knew wow. how that worked. So I needed to know. I needed to level the playing field, and just have the knowledge in and of itself. It's something that I loved to do. I mean, I loved the law. You know, yeah, I think you just love to talk. Right? What? I mean, that's my, but that's my gift and that's my passion, exactly. But there's a lot of lawyers that don't speak. a transaction. They do tax. So everybody, you know, they look at TV and they see, you know. Right, kind of Mason, going, right. Every no, that's not popping it. Right, there's only one. There's only like a five percent of lawyers that are really like, a even amongst those, but, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, I play basketball. Well, are you, uh, you know, are you one of the super elite? You know what I mean? So I wanted to be a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James. I'm not coming into this thing just to be average. Team time in, in anything I do. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be around average people. I don't want to have the average bank account. I don't want to have the average impact. I, don't, I want to leave a legacy. You understand what I'm saying? So that like 50 years from now, when I'm dead and gone, my name will still be amongst the life of individuals who made an impact, maybe six, I think 600. <laughs> That's what we're laying right? Like it's a pyramid, right? Not a pyramid scheme, Pyramid, like you see in, in, in Egypt, was showing people a way in which they can change their lives by showing their passions, whatever that is, being well mentally, physically, and spiritually, and financially, and in relationship. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I've always wanted. That's
1: what struggling for. That's what life is about. Right, you need all those pillars filled where you can get to that next level. That's right. And so I had to work on me.
0: I had to dig deep and work on me. And so along my journey in law school, I was at University of Miami School of Law. I was still speaking. i was still preaching, doing weeks prayer, just any other. Eventually, I got kicked out of law school because I failed to reach a 2.0 because I wasn't focused. That's another thing. That two-year period where I was I basin. What do I do next? <laughs> I knew I had to do something. Right? And I was trying to get back in school. And I, You know, during that time, I interned. Listen, there are things that happen in life that you just don't know why they happen. But afterwards, you realize why it happened. So I get kicked out of the University of Miami School of Law. Then I go to work and intern for a judge. Then I intern for one of the biggest law firms in Miami. Right. And then I apply to restart law school. That's what happened to me. Persistence beats resistance, baby. So when people know me, know my journey, they're like, this is a bad, mo-. you know, shut your mouth. Because, I don't know. I don't know if you know my journey. I don't And I would love to tell them next time we have this podcast.
1: It's not, that's good. My, my scenario is... I did the same thing. I, I had some personal issues. I didn't have a support system and I went to med school and I thought I could still live the same life before med school but right. I, like you did. Right, right. Got right. somebody pregnant and I ended up having issues to deal with that I didn't do well in school and I got kicked out too. See? See? Yeah. See you And the second time's... Second time. <laughs> Baby, I got...
0: Listen, listen. The second time around, I was like, I want to go to school while I have fun. Number one, I don't want to be in Miami around my 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 people, right, right? I wanna be away. So I chose all places and guess where I went. New York City. Yeah. July Yo. July 1999. I took a plane, left Miami, I got accepted at the Hofstra University School of Law. And just I'm trying to explain to you something here. Everything happens for a reason, right? Man, I went to Hofstra. I stayed on campus this time before I was at my mom's house, mom and dad arguing. Look, people go, we going through it, guys. I'm being transparent. That affected me emotionally. I not have to mention me just, you know, not being focused. So this time I'm focused. Oh, I got involved in the student government. My first year became representative. It was only like eight, eight, five years, you know, at Hofstra. In right, Long Island. You know, I believe your daughter goes to Adelphi, yeah. right? So, congratulations, by the way, on her graduation. Graduation in May. Yes. 2020. That's awesome, man. That's beautiful, man. Congratulations, man. And that's uh, that's a testament of who you are. So proud of you, Gianna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't cry me. Ah, ah. Some beautiful thing, it? So it involved, bro, in my feel like I'm in a different world. David was just, I'm thriving now. Okay. Oh my God. It was just, it was meant to be. And I understood why I went through what I went through. And then lo and behold, after the first year, you know, it was really emotional because I was scared. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't want to fail. And I knew this was my last time. And it was, it was nerve-wracking. Anyway, They wanted me to run for president of the the second year. Nobody does. You all come from the first year and you serve as a representative and then you come the second. It's never. Usually, he's a third year law student. Right. Two of the elder statesmen, third grade, third year law students said, We're going to endorse you. We're going to put a personal recommendation in everybody's mailbox and we are going to sign it and endorse you. And Lo and behold, I became the first African-American president of the Student Bar Association. Oh, first. Amen. Love it. Icing on the cake. I served two terms. I got reelected. So to go through that, and then in the process, I was able to work for the general counsel to the school while I'm in the school. I mean, bro, to go from that experience to soaring now has me in a whole nother perspective, right? Then I come back to Florida and I work for the total so office.
1: Now all of this is going on. Why didn't you want to come back to Florida? It seems like you had everything there you needed. You know what? Great question. That's a
0: really great question. So when I was at US, I received a scholarship, okay? And part of the scholarship conditioning was that you would have to either pay back the loan Or spend time in Florida giving back. So I had two years. So it was kind of like indentured (laughs) (laughs) servitude. So it was a hard decision to make because I had a lot of people in New York City that didn't want me to come back here. But think about it, bro. Think about it if I didn't come back to Florida, what would have happened? Who knows? All I know is I was able to come back, work at the Palm Beach, West Palm Beach Public Defender's Office, which is a great place to work. It just didn't pay as much. And I just loved being here in Florida and seeing Florida. Now I'm living in Hollywood, Florida, at the time, you know, and commuting to West Palm on the tri-rail. But it was just a wonderful thing. The beach is my backyard. Life is hard over here in South right. Florida,
1: you know? And, and I have to tell you, being from New York, I used to be like, I can't stand Florida. How could people ever like it? But being, being a little bit older, yeah. And you go outside every day, you feel like you're on vacation. That's right. Every single day. You that's Wake correct. up, the day is beautiful. That's correct. You go to bed, the day is beautiful. That's right. Summer's a little rough. But once you get used to that, yeah. it's, you're living in heaven every
0: day. All right. <laughs> it's the diversity, right? Now, I'll tell you this I'm a traveler. I love to travel. I still love the Northeast. I don't like the cold as much, but you can travel in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a part and parcel of what I'm going to do. I mean, I believe in the whole remote work scheme and I was remote before remote pandemic. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? This doesn't make any sense. I want to change my life and live optimally for the past 10 years. And I saw like, how am I going to work? And I'm spending more time at work than I do with my family. And I'm just paying bills. And that's makes the matrix makes that I want to live in. Right. You got to make that change. So I became a minimalist, got rid of all this. You know, started working from home. Dan, I thought I was crazy. People thought I was crazy. Like, where's your office at? Meet people at a restaurant. I'll meet people at Starbucks. Anywhere they want me to meet, I'll meet them there. Why should I basically just try to keep up with, you know, the Morgans and Morgans of society? That's not, that's, not my, that's not my bag. That's not my stick. So, at the end of the day, the whole world changed. Even pre-pandemic. Lawyers started getting rid of their offices. Now we e-file.
1: Right. You don't need to see your accountant. Send it over. Right. You don't need to see your attorney. Send it over. That's right. Right. Everything is done via email. Right. Right? If I have to go to
0: court, well, I have to go to court. What? Even now, you have Zoom. I'm appearing in court. I spent six months in the Virgin Islands last year, David. Didn't skip a beat. I was appearing in court mediations via Zoom, via Zoom. My boss, at some point in time, was like, oh, wait a minute, this guy had too much fun. I'm going to <laughs> yeah. have to come back to Florida. I'm like, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's a whole different story, but that's what happened. That was the first time I actually worked for somebody in my life and because I wanted to change again. I no longer wanted to keep, you know, struggling, you know, to, you make get a paycheck to make a to make. And I was doing well, it's doing very well. Like I said, I was in six months working, making the most money I've ever made in my life. You know what I mean? And my biggest problem was, okay, which beach am I going to go to? I and mean, you know, but that's another
1: important point that you're making, right? So, I mean, you, you brought it up a few times jokingly uh, about money, 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 money. We all know that's not what's important. It's what you're doing with the money. Absolutely. When we're, we're struggling. and We don't have money for our bills. Right. It's it's not the money. Right. It's what are you doing with it's your money? The, How can I pay? It's right. So it's the, the money's allowing you freedom. It's a you tool. That's correct. And when yes. you change the priority and you make money the most important thing, everything. Right. So, so, so I always say this. I'm, I'm glad you opened up that portal.
0: You know, uh, we've been taught that the love of money is the root of all. I think that saying without context, like a text without context, is a pretext. It's not a text. You have to actually leave five verses above, five verses below to understand the context of that text. Who is speaking? Who are they speaking to? The principle, the policy, you know what I mean? And how do I apply that to my life in 2023? This is called hermeneutics, the science of, you know, interpretation, right? So the love of money, that's not what God is trying to tell us. He's saying, when you love money more than you love me, you love money more than you love yourself. when You love money more than you love. God. I love money and money loves me. We're walking
1: ATMs. So we got to get that. And then people need when nothing that. wrong with it. Right. That's important to know. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with money. But when you put money before your health, that's the point. You put money before your, your your spiritual connection. That's correct. You put money before your family. That's correct. That's the mistake. I said, and I actually said it this way. Today, on my
0: post on Facebook, health, wealth, love, right, are interconnected. Look, man, it wasn't until I realized what I
1: wanted to be doing, passion, right, when I quit my job last year. Tell, Tell me a little bit about this, right? So you're doing the most success you've ever had in law. Money, yeah. Well, yes, but I'm also good at what you do, that you're turning heads in the courtroom. People know how good you are. You're making money. Things are nice. Life's good. Yeah. What is it? No, because I'm working for somebody. Right.
0: And you're not fulfilled? No, I'm not fulfilled. Because I'm not really producing. I'm not pursuing my passion. I'm still in the process. And I always say, don't allow the process to punk you out of the promise. Right? So the process is steps. It's that transmutation. It's like working out. Like right now. I'm in a different place in my life. I'm actually working out. So my arms are sore, biceps and triceps. Just right now, it's a good sore because you have to break down the muscle to build it back up, right? Doc, right? So I had to break up my life so I can build it back up. So leaving the job allowed me to have more freedom less money, but more freedom. Why? Because I had to pursue becoming an author. That time that was doing and planning for somebody else's dream left me with no time, energy, or ability. In fact, I was told straight up, yeah, you know, the phone calls that you're receiving and that you're leaving the office, you know, you're going to have to do, restrict that to your lunch. I, Oh, it's time for me to go because I am now at the zenith of my life where it's going to be. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, Right. So what you're talking about? If you don't understand my elevation, because I was being elevated at the moment. Oh, well, my law school professor from University of Miami, where I got kicked out, called me. You want to do a podcast with me on his show? And you said my podcast first. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> this was this was last year. I'm talking about right when I was about to leave. I the, love it. Me. I love it. I love it. Bert Thomas called. Same <laughs> I want you to come to University of Michigan. I want you to come and speak. This is happening at the same time. I am now getting my book published that I had written 10 years ago, but never published it. All at the same time. So now I came to the point where I said, in order for me to do what I know is my purpose and my passion, I need to jump off this roof. With no parachute, it's like jumping off the Empire State Building. That's what they say entrepreneurs are and making a jet plane on the way down. Except what happened to me is I realized I could fly in the process, but I had to jump. I, had to leave. I don't tell anybody to do what I What I did was essentially really
1: crazy, right? Sure. It, was, it really was. There's no reason, and, and, and that's a good point also. So as people are listening to this for advice, you have to understand if you have a sound footing, use that footing, sure, to build out foundation. So when so you do jump off the building, you would parachute.
0: right? For me, it's like I'm Superman. And I say this with all humility, but with all the dopeness, you could be humble and dope at the same time. Right. We always like, that's not doing anybody any good for you to live small. right? That's not what we're here for. You're supposed right. to let your light shine. And so in letting my light shine, I was always just mea- meandering just a little bit above average. Then come to the point where I'm sick and tired of being average. I'm sick and tired of not living my
1: full optimal life that I know I could and should be living. So let's talk a little bit more about this book. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I find it, thank you, that you write a book, this. Yes. 10 years later. Yes, because I wasn't focused. 10 years later, you missed that? But then, now you write this book. Right. By the way, it's an amazing book. Everybody, you would have to get a copy. It is truly a motivational book. And 100 days of it, we all need it. Right. So I recommend this book highly. The other component of it is, you wrote a book, and then you had a book launch. Talk to me about this book launch, which... Is a little bit before we met, yeah, and then we we'll go into yeah. that part. But you, you cannot make this stuff
0: up, and so that's you know it's 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 amazing. So I'm at a function, and this is like at the mining Museum. Okay. It's not even like a motivational thing. It was just basically a museum exhibit. DJ Fly Guy, Rashawn Patterson, you know, took some pictures during the pandemic okay. and just wanted to show Miami during that period of time. He's known as a DJ. So this was something different. Now he's Rashawn Patterson. So we're seeing a different, he's pursuing his passion. Right. Something about pursuing your passion opens up doors for other people that you don't even realize. So we're at the museum and Mayor Miami's there. And I meet this this beautiful woman that we know of that is now on our team, Karen Vaughn. I give her my card. She calls me the very next day. Irvin. I've been looking at some of your videos on YouTube. It's very motivational. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, you know, I wrote this book and I'm like, well, you need to talk to Commissioner Maxwell Chambers and Miramar.
1: I'm like, okay, another politician. Okay, no. but, but let me let me, let me try to let people understand this. Right. So just a friend of you. Just met her. Just met her. Yeah. So no real connection. None. He's telling you to speak to a commissioner.
0: Yes, because she now knows that I just wrote a book. She's an author as well, and she's now telling me to speak to Maxwell Commissioner Maxwell Chambers to see if we can do an event in the city of Miramar. Knowing Miramar, as a matter of fact, you see this pin I'm wearing. <laughs> it's the city of Miramar. Why? Because the city of Miramar, via Commissioner Maxwell Chambers, um, um, actually. Hosted my first book release project, wow. December the fifteenth of two thousand and twenty-two.
1: Amazing. As a result of that interaction, interaction, your network is your network. They, well, let me explain. So, I don't know if everybody's familiar with Miramar, Florida, mm-hmm. but they just did an amazing job in the downtown area. Absolutely, they have made it amazing. It's beautiful. gorgeous. It's beautiful. gorgeous, beautiful. So, it definitely what the area needed. Absolutely, and it's for them to bring you into this beautiful area—it was surreal. The,
0: yeah, it was—it was surreal, and you know, hosting me at City Hall and put me City. in some kind of room or you know, breakout room in the bank. Right, we're not talking
1: about the conference room. We're talking about City Hall,
0: City Hall, <laughs> City Hall, and uh, it was really—it was surreal, surreal to now. Okay, my dream is become this reality, touching my book for the first time, signing my book, I'm like this is actually happening. You will manifest what you dream of.
1: Everything that I've ever dreamed of, I am now doing. You understand now, that? we need, we need <laughs> to explain this one too, right? Because you could manifest your dreams. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, most people are manifesting their demise because of the fear. You you need to understand yeah. that what you think is going to happen. That's correct. If you think you're going to fail, that's correct. You're going to fail. That's you're correct. If you think you're going to succeed, you're going to succeed. That's correct. It's all up to you. There's nothing holding you back mm-hmm. other than yourself. That's why my book was written because I wrote
0: my book during a period of pain. I'm I tell you, let me tell I'm you, me. Thomas wrote his book, Secrets to Success, right before I began writing my book. You know why? He comes to Florida. Actually a pastor calls me. Hey, you know Eric Thomas. I want you to see if you can reach out to him so he can come speak at the church. I'm like, okay, no problem. And we want you to speak a week before. You know, he would have been rude if he right. was like that. So I spoke at the church and then Eric comes the next the next week or the next month or so. Eric has a book. I'm like, high school dropout, gets his GED. comes to Oakwood. I graduated in four years. Eric, it took Eric 15 years to graduate from Oakwood College, same place. But remember, he went from GED to PhD. He's a doctor Eric. now, no, right? He with his book. And the fellowship falls where they're selling the book, selling the book, you know, whatever. Let me give my boy $25, help him out with his, you know, little book sales. He says, all right, you're in the book. I said, what? He said, you're in the book. I said, well, You're in the book. I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know, signs the book and everything. I go home, I scan, <laughs> I'm like, where can I be in this book? The 10th chapter of Secrets to Success. You should get that book, guys. Eric talks about how I was an influence in his life. And that just blew my mind. He never told me this verbally, but he wrote in the book so the world could see how. He says that I'm the one who inspired him at an early age while we were in college and that I gave him the confidence to become the speaker that he is today, and that he had to sit at his feet. And of course, he had to sit at my feet and learn. So understand the impact that you can make. Look, I went off and became Mr. Attorney, but by virtue of somebody that I shared with, I've indirectly touched millions of people's lives. How about that? And now I can, now I've fulfilled, I believe people are called for different seasons and different reasons. And I think that's also your circle of your network of influence and people that you meet. Some people are here for a reason, and some people are only here for a season. Right? And, and 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 some things. of that is generally seasonal. And sometimes you only want them there for a season. That's see. correct. It's, you know, it's like I like it when people leave your life. It's like the garbage taking itself out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough garbage. I don't need any more.
1: <laughs>
0: so and it became very real to me in the past couple of years because I've been wanting to do nothing but optim- optimize my life. And that started with me changing my circle. And if your people around you in your circle are not motivating and inspiring you, then you're living in a cage. They're not a circle. It's a cage, right? I had to learn that. Love some people from a distance. I love you. Friend, friends, families, what have you. And I had to do, for me, that's another thing. Self-care is not just, you know, mani petties, which are all good, and massages, you know what I mean? All that. But that mental health, this, you need to have time for you to really... That's why 100 Days of Real Motivation was written. Because after I saw Eric's book, I was like, oh, wait a minute. He wrote a book and his promise? It motivated me to write my book. That was 10 years ago. What well, I didn't know that there's other issues to writing a book. It's not just writing the book. Now, that's a big feat in and of itself, rushing the book. Now I know I'm in the middle of it myself. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: that's step number one. I, I wrote my first chapter, $10. That's
0: step number one. <laughs> now, the next thing is getting somebody to edit it. Then the marketing, advertising, and promotions. That's going to be, listen to me, and you're going to help me with this. That's going to be one of the contents I want to provide for people. It's called MAP, M-A-P, MAP, The Road to Millions. What what does MAP stand for? Marketing, advertising, and promotions. How to market anything you're speaking, how to market whatever, your your real estate investment business, how to advertise for your book, and how to promote, whatever it is. That's what we are in the journey that we're on right now. And that's one of the contents that I want to provide an online course for to do that. There's also the blueprint, which is another thing. Because Eric Thomas said that I had the blueprint and he needed to sit at my feet and learn from. It. So after going through what I've gone through and then come to this point where I literally jumped off the roof, I knew I had a parachute. You know what my parachute was? My parachute was the hundreds of thousands of people that I've given to. I realized that putting the book out, that's 10 years later. That's just last year, right? It was like running a campaign. It's running a campaign when you have your book. After you get published, that whole marketing, advertising, and promotions, I'll give you something. You're now a campaign. You're a presidential campaign. You got to kiss babies. You got to get in front of everybody. Your Instagram, your everything was around this book. I moved 200-plus units, and I'm not on Amazon yet. I didn't want to be on Amazon because Amazon takes, what, 40% of your stuff. Now, for some people, that doesn't need the money. I needed the money at the time. So I was all, and that was all me. It came to me. And then what happened? City of North Miami said, we want to do your book release. Two weeks later. Okay? A month later, I was in Silver Spring, Maryland doing a book release. So now I'm on this proverbial book tour without an agent. Huh? We're not a, you know, management. Just doing what I can through the connections that I have. Your work is your net worth. And so a lot of us are millionaires. But we're not using our
1: network. to a lot of times. And i That's another point, right? So a, a lot of times we meet people and we don't ask them for things. Nothing's ever going to happen unless you ask. So, so sometimes... You got to eat a little bit of pride. Our ego is nothing. Our your ego, ego is not your amigo, Mike. Right. Right. And, and I like to think Whoops. about it. Ego is everything goes. Everything goes. Just get it out. Ego, ego, will, get it. ego will kill you,
0: your dream, and your vision. Ego is a serial killer
1: yeah. of Humility. your dreams, goals, and
0: visions. Humility is key. You got to get out your own way. Exactly. And so when I did that, I wasn't scared. Hey, man. I'm doing this book thing. I jumped off the roof. This this is like a, a political campaign. I need your contributions. i raised money people. So now I'm picking up the phone and I'm asking. And they gave. Now you're going to hear a lot more no's than you do yes. who cares? You got to ask. Got to ask. The Bible says, You have not because you ask not. Exactly. Knock and the door shall be what? Open. Right. Seek and you shall what? Find. Okay. Seek. Hey, listen, it's, A, it's as easy as A, B, and C. Ask, believe it, and claim it. Ask, believe, and claim And there's another A, B, C. It's sales, right? Always be closing. Like Jesus told his disciples, you know, you're going to come to people's houses. They don't want it. Rush your dust rush your
1: off. yourselves and keep moving, right? Not everybody wants what you have to sell, man. And Just, that's fine. And that's fine. But somebody does. And that's who we're looking for. Exactly. You need people in your tribe, not against you. That's right. So think about how that germinated into
0: now me now doing a book release at the Josephine Dunn Hotel in Overtown that we're in first. Then I'm off to Bermuda. I went to Bermuda for a two-week book tour in R&R, right? I ended up at Parliament, meaning the Speaker of the House, who was an alum of my Oakwood College college University. I was invited by one of my friends who was a minister of Parliament who went to school with me. And I'm talking to the premier, signing my book, taking pictures at Parliament on the biggest day of Bermuda's Parliament, where they're talking about the economic recovery of Bermuda. I'm talking about the budget for 2020. People didn't know a lot the
1: economic specialty that, <laughs> that you have. These I didn't know the economic specialty. That's, love it.
0: That's the most beautiful Following and pursuing your passion and your dream, things are going to happen that are going to blow your own mind. Exactly, The people that I've met since jumping off that proverbial roof, this is me flying now. I can believe in myself, right? I have a chapter in the book. It's called Fly. Fly. And I'm talking about... You know, and we're not talking about a fly in a wall here. No. <laughs> First love yourself. That's how you fly. That's right. You know? So, Bermuda, I come back from Bermuda and I do a conference. So, this is my 7th or 8th event. And now, the doors are opening up for me to speak, because that's my real thing. I love, you said it earlier, I think you just love to speak. Yeah, it's a passion that God has given me. That's what I love. I love it. Praise God, God, man, you know? And so, but what I haven't been doing is pursuing my passion with reckless abandon. The book, 100 Days of Real Motivation, motivates me. This is motivation, people understand it. Motivation is like hygiene. You need it every day. Exactly. Motivation is like don't you eat at least once or twice a day? You need to have motivation and motivational people and inspirational people around you every single day. What you hang around with is going to influence you. It's either going to hit you or it's going to propel you forward. You're either go moving forward or you're going back. You're going to progress or die. Positive or negative. All right, so, yeah, you've been through it all. Well, no, wait a minute. That brings us to the last conference where I met you, which was only a month and a half, less than two months ago. When I came back from Bermuda, the only reason why I came back from Bermuda so early because I had to speak at the conference. So I come to the conference and speak at the conference, come off the stage, and then you come up to me. I'm like, where are you? Because most of the people that were there were from out of town. And so when you said Boca, I was like, okay, we're going, we're going to work together. Because I knew, and I saw the fire in your eye. I saw the energy. Because I'm an impact, like you. And I knew automatically something, I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. He calls me the next day. He's like, Urban, I want to do our own conference. (laughs) Within less than, I'd say, eight days, we had already organized a conference. Yeah. Yeah. And we started Unlimited Transformation Mastermind Conference, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And so now that has now morphed into the opportunity for business and combining spirituality, motivation, and pure wellness, health, right? Made it. And that's for a period
1: of time. You know, and and so we're ready. So I'm I'm at this conference. (laughs) (laughs) And I I went with a friend, my my partner, Karina. yes, And she introduced me to this guy, Bill Walsh, uh, who's my business coach. And so he's like, oh, you got to stay for this meeting. So he gives me some VIP tickets and I'm sitting there. Karina Safarova, by the way, right? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. So mindset mentor, we we're sitting there and towards the end of the day, I see this guy come up on stage and he just blows the house down. Thank you. his, His energy was bleeding. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to talk to this guy. And as soon as he got off stage, I walked over. And then we got upstairs. We ended up eating dinner together.
0: he was, you can't make this stuff up. He was seated next to me, right? you know, besides, it was next to me at the same table. You know, so so my left is Ursula to my right, is Dave. Shout out to Ursula, the real estate investor. Yeah. And everything has transpired after that, you know? Can't make this stuff up. You know? And he's become my brother, my business partner, and my doctor. <laughs> can make this stuff up. <laughs> Pure Wellness Center. Thank you. You know, part of optimizing my life, optimizing my health. That's right. And so and I he- say this, I joke about this all the time. I say, you know what? I'm not just a client, but <laughs> I'm the president. <laughs> he will <laughs> be president. I am here for it all. Thank you. But um, it's been I've never had the kind of care that Dr. Dave has provided me from a wellness perspective. So I'm I wanna, I wanna let everybody know that I wanna thank you because it's been so it was so thorough and so detailed. And the thing I love about the way in which you practice is not only that you bring spirituality into it, right? And and, and, and and it's not like you preach it. That's not what's gonna get me. I don't need to hear anybody preach in my ear. That would have been a turnoff. It's you're living it. You're living it. And the things that you want to do and the things that you are helping to make happen is changing so many different lives in short order. But going back to the whole substance, you're covering what exercises, you know, what supplements, you know, I never had such a thorough medical evaluation. And for me, it was, it's like, a blessing again that here I am at the time where I want everything in my life to be optimal and here you come with the most optimal service with pure
1: wellness. And, and you know, on, on that note, like we, we like to talk about health, right? And, you know, when you think about it, there's so many people that live their lives and forget about their health. And I like to use Steve Jobs and, and Patrick Swayze Millions of dollars, careers, you know, at the top of their career, but they didn't put their health first. I don't know what their spirituality component was, but if you don't take care of your health, what do billions of dollars mean right. you're not going to be around to enjoy it? Right. And the impact that you could make on this earth, you don't have your health, you can't make an impact. You can't get out of your house. I have an employee that 25 years old, has lupus, He's stuck in a house just to walk around with oxygen. Mm -hmm. can't take care about she's to the point that she's too far gone Mm. but being able to make that change like for you being able to improve and optimize your life that's one other thing that you don't have to worry about my purpose is for me to go capture now because i took care of my spirituality which you already have right now my health is optimal right now let's go make my life right let's go chase our dreams right And, and, and i think by us coming together with that common thought process, that's what's made a difference in our lives and we can't break to bring it to the world. That's right. That's right. And that's what we're doing. So if you were to say three three points or three, three things that people need for true success, what would that be? Persistence. Persistence beats resistance.
0: You have a goal, you have a plan, you have a vision. Pursue it with reckless Bandit, dogmatic, like I wanted to be a lawyer. That meant something to me. You know, even though I had all these other gifts and other things, I wanted that, and now that I have that, opened up doors for me, unlike anything other in my life. So I persisted, even though you know we had our setbacks. A setback is a setup for a comeback. Failure is when you. Refuse to get back up after falling six times. You got to get up a seven time. That's not failure. That's, That's not just get process. back up. It's what are you doing? That's right. That's right. Fight. You got to fight for what it is that you want in life. It's not going to just be given to you. You know what I mean? It's like I said to people, get yeah. off your derriere and get off your couch. You got to start moving. Got to be physically active. I lost 100 pounds and I've been putting a little bit back on because you know, I haven't been active in the gym, right? That's why I've been active in the gym for the past two months, right? My life has changed; it's attracted a whole new sphere of influence and influencers. I didn't want a girlfriend, but I just got one,
1: <laughs> and she's beautiful. You and that, and the, and the point is that she's beautiful inside, inside, and is out. even more beautiful outside. Because of who she is, that's correct, and that's what I needed. To. Right, and you wouldn't have been in that place, no, unless you've gone through everything. You that's correct. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be here today. No, I would yeah. not. No, I would not. No, I would not. And it's just
0: it's magical. I mean, it's, it's just, just magical. I mean, I hate to, you know, but it's honestly, it's, 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 it's the love that I've always wanted and needed. But you have to go through sometimes things that you don't didn't need to really be appreciative of things that you're gonna get. So I know this chapter in this season of my life, I'm gonna get everything that I've ever wanted. I everything Because I've taken care of my spiritual. It's way back when, taking care of my mental, my professional career, it's just, you know, this is where I am now, chapter four or season four, or fourth quarter, where I know right now, It's championship rings, right? That's what I'm doing now. So when it comes to special speaking, conferences, getaway wellness retreats, huh? This year, last year was me, myself, and I. Check. But to get me, myself, and I, check. This year is FIT 2023. F is fashion, food, fitness, finances. Inspiration and travel. This is what's happening now already, already, right? So you have to, first thing was persistence. The second thing is you have to focus on what passion is. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? And make that your money game, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but pursue your passion. So that's number two. Number three, I would have to say, believe in yourself because that's, you know, one of the richest places on earth is cemetery because that's where a lot of people have a, a lot of un, inventions that haven't been created, a lot of right. ideas that have not, a lot of dream, dreams that have just died, right? Right. I want to live my life out now by making things happen. I'm about action. Get all the talk. If we'd done that 20, 30 years ago, where I am now is about shit. I want to do conferences with my boy, Eric Thomas, you, Karen Vaughn, Ursula, okay, Karina. I want us to, Karen Vaughn, and sell our books. I want to do the Sip, Sign, and Saver events worldwide. That's why the Global Alliance is part and parcel. My inner vision did not have a name. <laughs> so you have a book? Yeah. Where can they find the book? Www.urban how do they find you? www.irvindafniss.com. But you, you know, you could also call me as my business number is 305-978-4013. And once again, that's 305-978-4013. And your Instagram. I am on Instagram as Irv Motivates. And uh, I am a practicing attorney. I took a quasi-sabbatical. And, you know, quasi is quasi like if you, you know, you have a situation where, you know, is, you know, you just call me and we'll see what we'll be able to do. And I know a lot of people know a lot of other attorneys in, in the business and I'm serving more these days I'm finding myself more as a general counsel. So it's, it's a beautiful time. Okay.
1: So I really, really have to thank you for your no, time. No, thank today. you. This I've has been, been amazing. There. I got to learn some new things about you that I didn't know. And I'm looking forward to what the future holds for us. Uh, Thank you very much. And thank thank you. you. This is Dr. Dave. And this is Making the Change, Optimize Your Health and Mind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Making the Change, Optimize Your Health and Mind. We hope you found the information and insights we shared to be helpful and inspiring. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend or family member who would also benefit. We believe that the more people that have access to this information, the better equipped they will be to thrive in the next chapter of their lives. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the show so you'll never miss a single episode. We'll be back next week with more expert insights and actionable tips to help you optimize every aspect of your life. Until then, take care and remember, to always prioritize your health and well-being.